I think that Japanese fairy enjoyed Kemono as a kind of entertainment, and there is less focus on the idea of the persona, which is often seen in the West. They tend to move or develop their characters rather than expressing themselves. Basically, they are pursuing the image they want to become rather than their true self. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Fox and Burger Podcast, where we bring you closer to the Asian furry fandom one episode at a time. I'm Michael the Matcha Fox. And I'm Burger. And today we're returning to Japan to talk with June, Casey, and Gepe, all of whom help organize Osaka's own furry convention, Osaka Furry Fun Festa, among other things. In this episode, we talked about the history of Japanese fur cons, and then we took a dive into Japanese furry culture and how it interacted with the West. In addition, we learned some fine cuisine and destinations as recommended by Osakan locals to any eager furries wanting to visit. We're excited to take a trip to Osaka, so sit back and enjoy our second trip to Japan. Okay, welcome to the episode. Uh, June, Casey, and Gepe, uh, welcome to the Fox and Burger podcast. It's nice to have you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Hi, thank you. Thank you. I met June uh, back in, what was it, 2018, I think, for uh, JMoth. Um, I forget which particular JMoth, but I know it was in 2018. I haven't had the honor of meeting um, Casey or Gepe yet. I've seen your suits before. For example, uh, I I've seen Duskin before, uh, the Hong Kong fur. And I'm sure a lot of us have seen Gepe's animations before. So special thanks again for you guys for being on the, uh, on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I really like Gepe's animations too. I haven't seen too many, but the ones that I have seen are, are really good. I really like them. Well, let's go ahead and begin um, the podcast as always. The order of responses will be like this. So June will respond first, then Casey, then Gepe, and then Casey's going to translate for Gepe uh, because Gepe can't uh, speak English. I do want to thank Casey again for helping us translate, and thank you, June, for helping us translate as well. So our first question is this, describe your persona and how you join the furry fandom. Uh, my first name is a work with a straw hat. So when I was a university student, I found a link collection of furry fandom and extensions of first on the internet. This site is called Kemono Search. After that, I made my own first and participated in a furry convention in Japan. This is how I got into fandom. But the trigger of becoming a furry for me was a computer game that my cousin gave me So when I was elementary school student. This game was called A Shining Falls, produced by Sega. It was a classic Japanese RPG, but mm -hmm. it was not so popular like the Dragon Quest series. In this game, some furry characters are featured, like a werewolf, so I like this game. I've heard a little bit of the Shining Force games. I did not remember if there were any furry characters in it, but there are some older RPG games that I remember. What was it? Breath of Mana. Mm -hmm. That one has a werewolf character in it too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so then after playing those games, you tried to create art with that, right? Uh, yes. I <clears throat> tried to write and draw my own character. Of course, uh, it was a uh, werewolf. In those days, I were liking and drawing pictures. But now, so I don't have time to draw a picture because I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you are more busy with other things in the furry fandom, right? Uh, yeah, so recently I sometimes joined the first greeting activities. So played with small children, they say hello to the tourists in the sightseeing place like a hot spring in Japan or a shopping mall. Wow, okay. Yeah, and now I simply have the first meet at the event. I worked as a voluntary staff, a KC and get based organizer of a fair event in Osaka. Mm -hmm. So I simply help out them. All right, yeah. And then KC, can you tell us、uh, about your fursona and how you joined? My fursona is a dog named Jukyo. I joined the Furry Fandom because of a website called Funk. I found this fandom in 2004 and began to expand my network with it. After that, I met Gepi and started to get in touch with Fasting and its culture. Currently, I'm managing Furry event and working as an artist. Alright, so you're managing events and working as an artist, that's what you said, right? Uh, yes, uh, he's an、um, artist and organizer of f u r r y events in Osaka. All right, yeah. I had a quick question for Casey actually.、Uh, you mentioned that you, you found the fandom in 2004, and then you said you met Gepe afterwards. When, when did you meet Gepe? Like, like in 2005 or 2006? Or...、Uh, Gepe さんといつ会いましたかってあのあ、ケイシー2004年にあのか、うん、ケイシーと、えー、あでも会社入って。2年後ぐらいに飛ばされてきてるから2010年なんじゃないかな2010年2010年2010年 Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. So it's been a long time though. At least, at least what, 12 years? You've known, you've known Get Paid for 12 years if it's 2010. Yes. Got it, got it. Okay, okay. Thank you. And then finally,、uh, Get Paid, you can tell us about your fursona and how you joined. ちょっと日本語で失礼いたします。えっと、僕のファーストナはシベリアオカミの社長です。獣界隈に入った理由ですが、初めは高校の時にコミックマーケットに一人でいたのがきっかけでした。まあ、その時は結構島も少なくて、まあ、ちょっと本を買って帰っただけだったんですが、でもその後ずっと何回も通っている間に、あの、偶然誰でも参加できるっていう、獣タウンのヒロさんのオフ会、に参加して、そしてそのままあのハブっていう合同誌に座れて、まあ、そのままパーリーファンダムに入りました。現在ではイラストや、イラストや、あと、あれですね、あのいろんな人の協力を経て、着ぐるみ工房と、あと、たまにイベントなどやっております。My fursona is Shacho, a Shiberan Ulf. It all started with Comic Market when I was a high school student. In those days, there were not many kemono dojinshi. At that time, I met Hiro, who is a member of a certain kemono dojinshi group called Kemono Town, at an after party and was invited to draw for a joint magazine by chance. This is when I joined the Fandom. Kemono dojinshi, those would basically be furry fanzines or magazines created by. Artists that are fans of the, the of furries, basically. Yeah. I, I think they're closer to like comics, I feel, but I guess you could call them fanzines. Yeah, that is true. That is true. All right. So, 
Because, Casey and June, you mentioned furry events and managing events, tell us more about the event in Osaka. Tell us about the start of OFFF. Off in based on the event Namofu and Kemono Salon, uh, Kansai Kemono Salon, um, before 2017. At that time, there were no big furry events in Osaka, and there was no chance for a lot of furries get together like at JMOF. In order to solve this problem, uh, we started an event so that furry can interact uh, with each other. Of each right. other. Mm-hmm. Finally, uh, we established the furry convention off, which is a two days event. Okay, and you said that Namofo and Kansai Kimono, those were before 2017, so those were predecessors? Uh, yes. So uh, we organized Namofo and Kansai Kimono several times a year before uh, 2017. So before off was established. Okay. Uh, can you tell us some differences between those events and off? Uh, mostly the off is uh, the same as uh, any other furry event in Japan. Right? Hmm. So someone enjoyed a first thing, uh, chatting, playing a board game, or uh, playing musical instrument, or show some their performances. So, so you're saying that Namofu and Kansai Kemono Salon, you're saying that these two previous events were actually quite similar to off. Is that, is that uh, what yeah. you're saying? They're, 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 they're more similar than different. Um, more similar. Okay, because okay. Because they are both yeah. a predecessor of off. I see, I see. And I, I'm just really amazed. Like, I'm hearing all these responses up to now, and I just want to say I'm actually really amazed by, I guess, like, how deep for how detailed the history of the Japanese furry fandom is. I also don't live in Japan, and um, I've only been to Japan once, but I've never heard of these events before. I've never, mm-hmm. I, I've heard of Off, obviously, I've heard of Jmoff, but I've never heard of Namofu and Kansai Kimono Salon, and, and I'd, I'd love to get to know more about them late, well, later, maybe in another episode, but yeah. Uh, we'd like to move on to our next question. Was Off sort of a reaction to Jmoff in the sense that you wanted to establish a con that was catered towards furs in Osaka. Like, just to clarify, was that um, something you guys wanted to do? After the result, experience of the event we have uh, participated in, JMOF is not a deciding factor. Okay, thanks for the clarification. Yeah. I just know that it's really, really hard to get into JMOF. Like, it's really hard to book a hotel I think that they often sell more tickets than they have hotel rooms. I guess for my personal interest, I'm, I'm kind of more interested in attending off right now. Because um, again, it's just really hard to get a hotel room at JMOF. Um, it's such a, such a big con now. But yeah, but, but thanks for the clarification. So now that we know more about the origins of off, uh, let's hear about the activities that they have at off. So can you tell us more about uh, some of the activities that were held at off, like what can furries do at this event? We have a performance shows and creators booths and board game room and a simple music session booths. We would like uh, increase more booths where participants can easily stop by. All right, sounds like a fun time. I had a quick question I want to ask. My question is how many attendees attended off in 2019? It, it was held in 2019, right? Uh, 
あの人、前回の参加者で何人ぐらいいました記憶だと何やったっけ ?600? About 600. Which is very sizable. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Okay, thank you. So then it seems like these are all activities that we have in Western conventions as well, as well as just other conventions in Asia. But let's talk more about how、uh, an event like OFF compares to Western conventions. So, compared to Western cons and different kinds of events, what makes the event in Osaka what makes it different? The event we organize in the past three normality has in a single hall, like a sports hall.、Mm-hmm. Therefore, everyone can share in the same space and time. People who make it Uh, draw pictures、uh, where first play music, enjoy their artwork or performance, and,、um, and so on. They all can interact with each, each other in the same area in、uh, harmony.、Mm, yeah, being in the same area in, in harmony, that's always one of the best parts of coming to a social event like a furry convention. So I, I'm glad that. Everyone being able to be in the same space at the same time is good. Although, I would say in a Western convention, those kinds of rooms are separated because this is more inside of a hotel or inside a convention center where you can have those separated spaces from each other, even though everyone is still technically part of the same event in the same space. I guess my question to that would be. If you were to change that part of off, if you wanted to have some separation between some of the spaces, do you think that would be a good change to the event in Osaka? In this time, board game rooms were in separated room, but other room is on the same place.、Uh, I think、uh, it would be good for us to see their, each other. So we believe that. It's better to have in, it in one place in order to increase the number of connections with participants.、Hmm. All right, yeah, I understand now.、Uh, I kind of misunderstood and thought that everything was in one big space. And I was actually at a convention that was like that. It was Super Furry Fusion in China. I think a convention like that can be pretty fun, but. I do worry about the noise and how crowded it can be if it's all in one big hall. But if it works for Osaka, then、uh, it seems like they're doing a pretty good job with their event. I do have a question、uh, going back to JMOF. I know we touched upon this just a little bit, but I, I want to go back to JMOF because I feel that a lot of non Japanese furries think about JMOF. They think about JMOF when they think about Japan. So, my question is, like, how does OFF compare to JMOF?、Uh, we integrated into single events so that attendees、uh, could enjoy the event in a relaxed atmosphere. And then we kept in mind that the attendees were the stars of the event.、Mm-hmm. Therefore, management team tried not to appear too much right, in front、right. of attendees.、Yeah. So, our policy is attendees first. So, we should put in effort to keep the policy. Yeah, I think that's a good policy to have to put the attendees first and to make sure that the staff are not too apparent. 
I think mm-hmm. there is something like that whenever I go to a convention in the West or somewhere in Asia. And I think we heard a little bit of that as well when we were talking with Ska and Decro. They wanted to have their attendees be entertained and, and be happy during the event as much as they could, if, I re- if I'm remembering that right. I think that's right. And I've also heard in offhand, like private conversations with JC, um, JC's main goal is to make sure the attendees are having a good time to make sure we cater to their needs as much as possible. Mm-hmm. What well, it wasn't in the episode, but it's just like private conversation. So shout out to JC. <laughs> yeah, shout out to JC. Shout out to Infernity. And then, can you go ahead and tell us your favorite moments or memories from off? Uh, it is when I, I can feel that a participant enjoyed the events that I planned. For example, we planned an event which everyone does the same dance, and the performance and the spectacle. I believe that this project expressed the concept uh, of sharing of same space and time, which is this concept. Dancing the same dance, you mean? Yeah. As a choreographed like dance. Ah, uh, understand. So we uploaded that this um movie on the YouTube. Please check later. Yeah, I I think I think what this is referring to. Yeah, there's a dance at the end of the con, and then everyone danced that dance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure what they mean by everyone, but like I don't know if that includes the attendees or or not. But June said he'll send the link. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, they did something at Titles. Like, you remember that June at Titles? I think they did something similar, but it was like staff members. Quite a polar to Tanda. Polar, polar to Nihon, Nihonjin staff, Nameka, the Isenito Tites, no so henshoot. Ah, so okay, okay, so yes, that's right. Yes, polar to make it. Ah, ma, polar that here. Oh, polar, uh, did it. Polar, polar filmed this movie, Polar yeah. and uh, see, some other Japanese staff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see, I see now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool idea. It seems like that in Asian countries, uh, East East Asian, I should say, that furries like to have this sort of like, well, someone will do a dance cover of a popular song, and then uh, people will just copy whatever that cover, a dance cover is. That is not something that I've seen at a Western convention, but it seems to be that in... Countries like uh, Japan and China and Korea and Taiwan, that there will be a dance cover to a like a J-pop song or Vocaloid song, and then people will make videos copying that dance cover. So that seems to be what is going on with what you described. So I think that's a pretty cool thing to have at a convention. So um, yeah, glad that you have that. 他のアジアのイベントでもそのダンスコカバーして踊ったりまあそうしてますねっていう。ああ、そうですね。違いといえばあれです。なんだろう。なんか踊って
ような感じで、だからみんなで踊ってる人を見るんじゃなくて、踊って参加をするっていうことを念頭に入れたというか、まあ、ちょっとニュアンスの違いなんですけど、そういうイメージですね。ちょっと今、日本語で言ってみます。はい。はい。Other foreign events, the dance project is not official, but in off, the dance is official project. So, other many events are inferior in terms of the stage. So, we loved the hurdle for participant or participation by having anyone dance at the event with the sense of being the star of the show. We want them to join and enjoy their dancing each other. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, we really just have one last question in this section about off. So,、mm. our last question is where do you see off? In the next few years,、um, are there any plans of bringing it back after these、uh, initial waves of COVID?、Uh, we would like to host the next event. We have not yet decided on the venue or concept, but、uh, preparation are underway. That's great. So, so、yeah. now I have a reason <laughs> to go to Japan. Yeah. yeah we all do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to come. I want to come. <laughs> So、we like to hold our next、uh, off next year.、Mm. I want、so、to go to Osaka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for telling us more about the convention. Now, let's go on to describe the attendees, the Japanese furries that go to these events. So, what exactly can you tell us about Japanese furries? Can you describe their personalities for us? I guess it's basically the same as that of other countries.、Yeah. However, in Japan, some people refer to human characters with beast ears and tails as furry. Yeah, but we don't think that. Yeah. yeah. Which sometimes causes a controversy. But in Japan,、right. the human character with some animal parts, ears, tails are called kemono. Hmm. Yeah,、uh, it's either kimono or kimono mimi.、Uh, and I've seen that in lots of different anime, like,、uh, what was it? Kimono Friends. I think that's the most popular one now. <laughs> yeah, I watched it <laughs> before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes,、uh, I think that Japanese furry enjoys kimono as a kind of entertainment. And there is less focus on the idea of the、uh, fasona, which is often seen、uh, in the West.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tend to move or develop their characters rather than expressing themselves.、Mm-hmm. Basically, they are pursuing the image they want to become rather than their true self. Okay, so yeah, they're looking for the image that they want to be rather than who they are outside of the costume or the character. All right, yeah, that's interesting. I think that's kind of a common trend with other、uh, East Asian. Countries as well. えっと日本のケモナイティって教えてください。彼らの特徴は何ですか。えっと昔のケモノコミュニティ、あ、まあそうですね。ちょっと昔の話になっちゃいますが、昔のケモノコミュニティは結構そのまあでしょう。作り手
ように見受けられます。まあ、現在では海外と同じように、SNS のコミュニケーションや、金融の売買の機会も増えたため、まあ、気軽にコミュニティに入れる状態にはなったと思いますが、結構その、ゆえに昔の獣コミュニティっていうのは、なんか、誰もがちょっとこう、クリエイターじゃないと、まあ、変な言い方ですけど、立場がないみたいな感じがあったので、日本独自の雰囲気というものがあったかもしれないなと思います。ちょっとこの日本の獣についてって話だったので、日本独特のものっていうのを挙げてみました。はい。I think that the older free community has a strong aspect of being a gathering of artists of some sort.Therefore, in many cases, they need the ingenuity for joining the community.So I believe that those who join the community then are still active today. Nowadays, as in other community,、uh, countries,、uh, there are more opportunities for communication through social media like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and buying and selling of forces. Hence, the older free community may have had a uniquely Japanese atmosphere now. Yeah, it's always nice when a community has their own unique atmosphere. I think that's What makes something like the Japanese community so special from the eyes of maybe the West or other Asian communities? Yeah, I think that's great. Our next question here is just a, a little bit more simple. This is something I guess like I, I've always been more curious about myself. How old is the Japanese furry fandom roughly? Ah,、uh, yes.、Mm, we suppose Japanese furry fandom is about at least 20 to 30 years old.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. It began in the late 1990s through 2000, and there may have been smaller communities before. A major party event was established in Japan in the late 2000, around 2010,、uh, like Chemocat, j m o f Chemocon. So, the German party fandom is about yeah, at least 20 to 30 years old. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not confident.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the development of the internet, The community has grown dramatically, in particular, Dojinshis and Firsts, especially in the last decade. However, the culture of anthropomorphic animals in Japan is quite old. Very old. The picture scroll called Choju Giga,、uh, which were the painted around the、uh, 12th to 13th centuries, are very famous in Japan. And this is said to be the oldest cartoon as of now. Wow.、Mm-hmm. I just looked it up. It looks really interesting. Oh, yeah, same, same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they even have a kitsune. Yeah, kitsune, fox, and kitsune. rabbit, and frogs. Yeah.、Hmm. They're playing each other. Yeah. yeah. It's said to be the oldest cartoon in Japan, well, cartoon in the world. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So after that, about 200 years ago, in Edo era, the last of the summer era, in the early、mm-hmm. modern period, a lot of anthropomorphic animal paintings appeared. Like Nikon Suzumi,、uh, you can find them in on the internet. So please Google it and、uh, type the Ukiyoe. Ukiyoe. All right. Yeah. It's kind of a woodblock print. Oh, right, 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 Japan, right. Yeah, on the Ukiyoe. Woodblock、so. printing, I think it's called.、Mm. So Japanese、uh, furry culture is very old, but modern culture is just 20 to 30 years.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、uh, I joined the furry community in 2004. So, I don't, I don't know much about the history of the community. <laughs> However,、uh, I talked with people who were members 
of a funny fan club called Kemonas before. They told me that they were already following the funny culture in the late 1990s. How the story is a, a pro probability has a history uh, of almost 30 years. I see. I only just joined the fandom recently in, was it 2017? I couldn't actually tell you when the furry fandom began in the States. Maybe, Burger, do you have any idea? Was it like the 70s? Um, yeah, so I've watched a documentary by, do you know the YouTuber Ash Coyote? Yeah, I saw, I saw the documentary. Yeah, I saw their, so their, that their documentary. documentary, if you remember, basically the beginning was around the, the 80s when people were just really fascinated by anthropomorphic animal characters and had like room parties and such and then the first actual conventions didn't start until late 80s early 90s i see in the yeah in the states mm -hmm. so speaking of the first ever conventions can any of you tell us about the first japanese furry meetings what were they like what were they focused on was it more about art or fursuits or just getting together and have dinner, what were they like? I don't know the first furry meeting held in Japan, so I got uh, difficult to answer. However, I guess that it was uh, probably a small gathering of a few people, so... Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, in those days, there are no furses, so people tended to gather and have dinner or talk to each other. Mm. The first meeting I attended was a small community gathering. So most of the members were painters, camera artists, and we had dinner together. And sometimes we went to Pokemon Center and enjoyed shopping there. All right, Pokemon, yeah. Yeah, so we love Pokemon. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge thing in Japan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so how about KC? It seems like you've been in the fandom much longer, so uh, what can you tell us about the, uh, that history? Mm. At the first furry meeting, furries who were the same age talked ate as sang karaoke together. At at that time, no one has frosted, so I I didn't even know what the frosted was. Mm. Yeah, that does sound similar to in the West, where uh, I believe fursuits were not actually gaining any popularity until the late 1990s or such. I think it was 23 years ago at the comic market. In those days, uh, there were very few groups involved in Kemon Dojinshi, a furry fandom. So I think there were only six groups there. At that time, I just bought a Dojinshi and went home. Mm -hmm. So I didn't communicate with them. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like things have gotten a little bit different. Maybe people are, are a bit more social in the conventions nowadays, even in Japan. Still depends on person to person. I think he was just trying to emphasize his own personal experience. Maybe he's introverted. Yeah, I, I get that. Well, on this podcast, we have interviewed, uh, obviously, several furries from Asia. And what we found that Japan seems to have a lot of influence um, on the different fandoms in Asia. 
the biggest example that I can think of is uh, when we interviewed Pukon, and he told us that he believes that the Thai furry fandom has been influenced more by the Japanese furry fandom than the American one. And I was just curious what your guys' thoughts were on that. Uh, yes, as is so. Uh, but not only Kemon culture, but also Japanese manga and anime culture are widely influenced other Asian countries, especially um, through internet. So mm -hmm. They inspired Japanese uh, subculture like a manga animation g game. Mm. I really feel that like here in Taiwan, yeah, like the furry culture here has been greatly influenced by Japan. And yeah, uh, yeah, it, 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 mm -hmm. it probably helps that Taiwan was colonized by Japan um, in the past. And so mm -hmm. there's this sort of like direct uh, influence, I would say, like direct influence um, oh, that Japan has had. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very, very obvious. Like when I when I came to Taiwan, yeah, like there are a lot of like we, vestiges of, of yeah. Japanese culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember from Alder and Kiyochi's episode that it wasn't from their episode on the podcast. It was the furries from abroad. I believe they said that sometimes in Thailand they consider Taiwan to be a, a second Japan. Yeah, Japan light. Or sorry, yeah, yeah, Japan light, which mm -hmm. I also agree with. Yeah. <laughs> furries in Thailand often came to Japan, so I think they naturally read a lot of Japanese formalities and our ways. In fact, I often organized events with Thai friends such as Kiyoshi and Polar Lion, so I think they were influenced by the exchange of ideas. あ、そんでまた何か思って書くことはきっと多いと思うので、多分そういったことでお互いに自然とこう、uh, I think that this will happen naturally because organizers of overseas foreign conventions often attend Japan Japanese conventions such as JMO and AO. In the future, Japan might have more opportunities to be influenced by events in other Asian countries like uh, Taiwan and China and Korea and so on. Wow. I, I've never heard anyone say that. I think that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. I think that would be cool. Yeah, I would love to see uh, the collaboration. I would love to see the exchange of ideas and what sort of opportunities and benefits we can all get from that over here for conventions and events in East Asia. Yeah. We mentioned this a little bit earlier in, in this episode, but there's something called doujinshis that, uh, that, if I'm not mistaken, is made in Japan. Like, it comes from Japan. I don't think we have this, this kind of equivalent in, in the U.S. as far as I know. Um, it seems like it's something that's like unique to Japan, and I, w I just want to ask you guys, especially for the audience, our audience is Western, so they may not know what a, a doujinshi is, so could you guys maybe just briefly explain what a, do a doujinshi is? Doujinshi has a history of more than 100 years, and was originally a self-published book by novelist in the daily world in Japan. Today, the majority of these are manga, cartoon, and illustration. They range from original manga works to uh, derivative works. Uh, Dojinshi spans a very 
the uh, fields, uh, one of the more unusual ones are illustrated uh, reference book. For example, words, trends, costume, human body, and so on. Huh, yeah. I would think that reference books are more like academic material rather than like someone self publishing their works. That's interesting.、Mm -hmm. We've seen other promise GML weekly magazine, magazines, such as Jump in Japan. Yeah. Moreover, the three serialized manga in those magazines also published as individual books. Therefore, many people aspire to be manga artists and cartoonists.、Mm -hmm. During the publishing, the manga has、uh, increased because this is method of self-expression. I, I guess that those is process along the way. Um, publishing doses may be、uh, for some people become manga artists, and for the other to use it's it's as a communication tool. And the presence as exhibitions and sale events such as the comic market and kemoket may may have generated even more doujinshi. Now I have not been to any doujinshi events in Japan, but I did enjoy the ones. Here in Taiwan, for instance, Furimosa. I think it was very cool to see that you could have a special event just for selling your own creative works and comics and other kinds of merchandise, where the focus is not so much about costumes or whatnot. And that's a great example of like Taiwan adopting Japanese influences, because I feel like you know the idea of jojinshi, like that's very common in Taiwan. That that's extremely common. Like you have Taiwanese people. Producing their own published works, which again, I, I would imagine this comes from、uh, Japan, right? As we just said. Yeah, and what also comes from Japan is this idea of a kimono or kimono style. So,、uh, how would you define kimono style? We are also active in fast makers, but we are not sure if it's a kimono style or not. <laughs> from what we understand, Japanese、uh, moe culture. Is a strong influence. In particular, we think the category specialized in large eyes and small nose and short muzzle. Yeah, that definitely describes kimono. Yeah.、Uh, I'm not sure the kimono, but I guess, and、um, it's based on Japanese traditional、uh, manga's design. Right.、But、he said, "Yeah,、uh, uh, large eyeballs, a small noses, a small mouths, and muzzles."、Mm, I think.、Uh, So, so they look more like baby animals, basically. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> kinda, kinda. It doesn't always have to be that way, but kinda. Yeah, kimono style is, is something that we've talked a lot about on this podcast, and、uh, maybe more indirect than directly.、Um, and perhaps that's that's another episode for another time.、Uh, maybe we can just move on to our next question. This is again is another topic that always comes back. Uh, I always feel like Japan is this、um, this nation, this culture that has adopted some ideas from the West, but it's somehow balanced with these new Western ideas with its own traditional culture. But my question is, do you think the Japanese furry fandom is the same way? In other words, do you feel like the Japanese furry fandom has taken some ideas from the Western one and has made it something unique to Japan? I think especially in conventional and fursuits. That we Japanese tend to adapt overseas style. However, the design of manga and illustration for the traditional Japanese style 
from manga. So there, there are only a few foreign influence, I guess. Especially uh, of course, in uh, very fun yeah, in Japan. えっと、着ぐるみ会話に関しては結構海外のパーリーファンダムの影響は大きいと思います。結構これは最初の頃の着ぐるみが割と影響を受けていて、まあ、そのトランスファーとかケモコンが始まったあたりぐらいの初期の
So this anime style and manga, that's what Japan is known for. But it also, people know Japan for its tourism and having so many, like, cool things to do inside of Japan. So let's say someone who hasn't been to Japan before wants to come and experience the great island of Japan. So what's one thing that each of you would recommend that they do? It could be going to a cool place, like a landmark. It could be trying a different kind of food that they've never had before. What was one thing each of you would recommend? Uh, I think um, the food is really good. So I hope you will enjoy variety of food and drinks in Japan. For example, sushi, ramen, yakiniku, yakitori, tempura, tonkas, <laughs> and the list is endless. Especially, Tokyo is the best city for gourmet travelers, so you can enjoy not only Japanese food, but also cuisines from around the world. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, Tokyo has the largest number of Michelin-style restaurants in the world. Mm -hmm. I heard that before. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but I have never been to Michelin-style restaurant. Because <laughs> they are expensive and very prestigious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hesitate to go there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, of course, and there are some Michelin restaurant, uh, style restaurant in Osaka. So I recommend food in Japan. Mm -hmm. So if you like nature, the mountain climbing and camping also recommended. Uh, you know, the most of Japan is mountainous. With some mountains ranges like the Alps in the Europe. Mm -hmm. And or if you are interested in Japanese subculture like a manga animation, so you should visit Dojinshi stores. There are some Dojinshi stores in Japan, especially Tokyo, Osaka, and, also, and any other big cities. Uh, you can buy Dojinshi without going to exhibitions and set events. But unfortunately, uh, there are only a few furry items um, or Dojinshi there. Mm -hmm. Oh, the railway. Uh, is the best way to travel within Japan. Japan's red infrastructure, including Shinkansen, is well equipped for comfortable travel mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard a lot about the Shinkansen and other railways in Japan. Uh, and if there are anything similar to the ones I've been on in uh, mainland China and in, in, in Taiwan, then I'm I'm there for a treat. Yeah. From first, I remember I I think the park around the Todaiji Temple in Nara Prefecture is a fun place and to visit. Mm -hmm. There were there were the that roam free, but be warned if you have food on you, you were in for a big surprise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, that Todaiji Temple rock. Located behind it's is a wonderful place with a deep history, so be sure to take a sightseeing tour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe Taiwan also has some sort of deer island along the what was it, the Matsu Islands? I'm not sure. Like, is it is it uh It is one of the islands that that's part of Taiwan, yeah. <laughs> まあ、
昔の街並みらしいところを見た方が楽しいんじゃないかなと思って新世界を進めました。I recommend a place called、uh, 新世界 in Osaka. A 新世界 means a new world in English. Yeah. Yeah. A shame in new 世界 a world. Yeah. Although it has recently been developed,、uh, so、it became neat and tidy. So there are no difference between the Umeda Tokyo. Yeah. But, and it has become tasteless. But、uh, I like And Shinseka in Osaka because it has ordinary atmosphere in there.、Uh, I believe that the familiar, beautiful and scenery still remains in Shinsekai. Okay, yeah, thank you so much for being here on this podcast. It has been a wonderful conversation so far talking about、uh, Japanese furries and Japanese culture and all that. Right now, we would like to hear. Uh, where you want people to find you on the internet. Can you give us your social media? So, my Twitter account is at JunWanderer, J U N underbra, W A N D E R E R. So, please follow me. You can follow me on、uh, my Twitter uh, at m e n e s i s M E N E S I S U. GEPPEI5959 よろしくお願いします。台湾の皆様も、キグルミカゲツをよろしくお願いいたします。You can follow me at Kigurumi Kagetsu.I'll、uh, help them with this one.So this is a at KIGURUMIKAGETSU.I believe I got that right.So don't forget to follow them at Kigurumi Kagetsu. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And everyone, please go to off when, if you have the chance to go to Osaka. Oh, and, and Gefei also says, Dear Taiwanese people, please take good care of our stuffed animal kagetsu. <laughs> so thank you, Taiwanese. <laughs>、uh, I'll translate that Chinese for them. Taiwan, just as you want, you can play Jaogu woman the kagetsu the wawa. So that's for our Taiwanese first. Once again, thank you, June,、uh, Casey, and Gefei. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, for spending time with us. This has been the Fox and Burger podcast with me, Burger. And I'm Michael the Macho Fox. And we will see you, everyone, on the next episode. Goodbye, everyone. Bye bye. Goodbye. Bye.